Welcome to the new year of the regeneration. Exploring how people are enabling the regeneration of life on this planet by recreating the systems and stories we live by. I've spent the summer here in Australia receiving messages from people around the world, saddened and concerned as they've watched our country burn and be subsequently shrouded in heavy pools of smoke. The first thing is to say thanks very much to everyone who reached out from afar, not only to me, but especially to those places and communities most directly affected. It's been deeply moving, though never really surprising, to see how people have rallied for each other throughout the trauma. From offers of accommodation and donations summing to billions of dollars, to animal rescues and the ultimately sorrowful deaths of volunteer firefighters trying to protect their communities. There have been some notable exceptions, of course, in positions of authority, but I'll come to that. Right now, we continue to experience the effects of what have come to be called megafires. The convergence of a series of major fires into unprecedented scale and ferocity. A few years ago, Australia required new colour charts for the extremes of temperatures being experienced. Now we need new terminology for the extreme nature of the fires we're experiencing. We know these to be interdependent systems on a worsening trajectory. To give some scale to what's happened here so far, international media outlets have been reporting the 2018 California fires burnt 2 million acres, the 2019 Siberian fires 6.5 million, and the 2019 Amazon fires 17.5 million. So far, Australia's 2019-2020 fires have burnt more than 25 million acres. Respected political analyst Laura Tingle has written that these fires have made climate change a reality of the present tense for many Australians, not something that we can put off to the future. She went on to say, For starters, that poses big problems for all those glib meet-it-and-beat-it responses to questions about climate change-related targets by our Prime Minister Scott Morrison and his ministers. It's estimated that the fires to date represent between half to two-thirds of Australia's annual emissions budget. Yes, these feedback loops are heading in the wrong direction and they emphasise the need to change how we're doing things. To think of Australia being looked at around the world as ground zero in the climate and extinction crises is sobering, to say the least. All the more when you consider that this has been widely predicted for a decade and more. Perhaps the most prominent government-commissioned report here in Australia on the climate crisis was by Ross Garno back in 2008, in which it said, Fire seasons will start earlier, end slightly later, and generally be more intense. This effect increases over time, but should be directly observable by 2020. Then there were the 23 former fire and emergency leaders who tried for months to warn Prime Minister Morrison that Australia needed more water bombers to tackle bigger, faster and hotter fires. Former New South Wales Fire Chief Greg Mullins was reported as saying that earlier preparation would have helped keep people safe in the horror bushfires. At times throughout my experience doing this show, the trajectory towards the regeneration of the living world feels inexorable. At times like this, you can wonder.
But of course, the fires don't destroy everything. And it's still true to say that the systems and stories of regeneration we've all been developing remain. The sorts of things Paul Hawken, Nora Bateson, Karen O'Brien, Emma Lee, Damon Gamo, and many others have put so well in their work, and in my conversations with them here. And these regenerative processes invoke their own positive feedback loops too. Then of course there's the corollary to crisis, with so much of the best of human nature on display. And I'm reminded of a constant theme in my conversations with people like regenerative farmer and author Charlie Massey. It's not that you ever wish for it, but Charlie found that 60% of the regenerative farmers he spoke with for his book Call of the Reed Warbler were transformed through trauma of one kind or another. Could this be a collective moment of transformation? It's certainly a moment when particular people, institutions and thinking have become as exposed as the scorched earth. And we've seen repeated surveys of the Australian population, including the major Australia Talks survey last year, show the vast majority of people say climate is their greatest personal concern. And that was before this black summer. We do need to change. Worse than even this catastrophe would be continuing with the systems and stories that brought us here. Even before the fires, farmers in Australia were being referred to as climate refugees. And the National Farmers Federation was lobbying the government for incentives to help farmers leave drought-affected land. But what then? Of regional towns, food and water security, biodiversity and landscapes? We need strategies for regenerating life, not abandoning it. A couple of weeks ago, Eleanor at Common Cause Australia sent an email around with this reflection. Over the break, she said, I recalled Lisa Simpson explaining to Homer that Chinese people use the same word for crisis as for opportunity, which Homer coins Christopunity. With a little probing, Eleanor says, I learnt of the idea's heritage in a 1959 speech by JFK. Then I discovered the inconvenient truth that the crisis symbol isn't actually composed of danger and opportunity. Well, my wonderful Chinese family by marriage was a little ambiguous about it. Opportunity is definitely in there, but in conjunction with other meanings. It seems the original meaning of the Chinese word is more accurately translated as danger at a point of juncture. And that certainly is true of our situation today. As former Australian rugby international David Pocock put it last week, we as a nation stand at a crossroads after a summer of major crisis and upheaval. Will we challenge and transform our thinking, or continue ploughing on towards the cliff edge up ahead? We get to decide, what sort of future do we want to have? So yeah, there is Christopunity here. There are ways out of this. Like the mythological phoenix, this generation's story can be one of renewal, rising from the ashes of its predecessor. The main point David was making, for example, he put this way. Transitioning to regenerative agriculture isn't some sort of pie in the sky hoping for a utopia. It is a deeply pragmatic way to ensure the survival of our communities, country and species, as well as the many millions of other species we share our home planet with. Then, of course, opportunities abound in transitioning to renewable energy sources, including community-owned ones, indigenous cultural burning, enterprise and constitutional change, the renewal of local politics, the sharing economy, and really the notion of progress itself, 
along with the myriad of other aspects of regenerative economies that, in the words of our very first guest, John Fullerton, are springing up everywhere. Life seeks to regenerate itself. Even burnt-out bushland has a remarkable system of relatively rapid regeneration, when, for example, we don't extract the fallen wood. Holistic approaches that enable living systems to renew themselves, to do the work for us in many ways, are vital from here, both in response to crises and to avert them. And more of us than ever now, we'll be looking to continue to come together in the wake of this trauma, to explore how we do transform towards regenerative ways of doing things that actually work. Politics that does work, that can transition systems, and that we can choose. Finance too, energy of course, and certainly food and agricultural systems, with fire management that works and with animals and apex predators the regeneration of whole systems. This is no pie-in-the-sky utopia, but it is the possibility, the offer and the invitation to harness this trauma towards the renewal of our country and even civilization. And if you're looking for the stories that are changing the story, even leadership, look around. Like the green shoots in our burned-out bushland, they're emerging everywhere. You'll hear plenty more of it here in Series 4 of The Regeneration this year, and a little more regularly too. To learn more, and to help us do it, you can visit our website at regeneration.com. My name's Anthony James. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.